welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. I just wanted to hop in here, say hello before we dive in today's episode with Jessica Hawks. She is a VA turned entrepreneur and coach and I have been following Jessica for a while because her story has just been wild to watch. Her business has been so inspiring to watch grow. She has seen such exponential growth and shifting in the last year that I have not really ever seen before. So I was so excited to have her today on the podcast. So she shares some incredible nuggets of wisdom, some amazing tips and tricks, as well as her incredible story. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear from her and I'm going to stop gabbing now. Let's dive in. so excited to have you on. I would love for those of us that like don't know you yet. Can you talk to us about like who you are, what you do, all of the things? Yes. So I am Jessica Hawks. I am an online business coach. I'm a virtual assistant coach. So I actually started my business back in March of 2020, right when the pandemic was going into full swing. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of a weird time. I was moving from South Carolina to New Jersey and starting my business at the same time. So it was just like everything in my life was changing all at once and we couldn't go anywhere. So it was just like perfect timing. Um, But I started my business in March of 2020. I started as a virtual assistant and I was actually helping wedding photographers. (laughs) And I followed you like way back in the day whenever I first started my business. So this is totally full circle. Amazing. I love that so much. It's so funny. There's so many photographers and like wedding creatives that I'm that I chat with now where I'm like like I had um I had Catalina come in and talk about SEO <gasps> yes. in my program and I was like this is so like full circle for me so it's always so funny um but I started in March and I quickly booked out so by I think it was July or August I was booked out and I had clients on a wait list I was hitting 9k months which was so surprising to me because I was not expecting to really get any clients I kind of <laughs> started my business and I was like, we'll see where this goes. But I feel like this is just working for other people and and is not going to work for me. So I signed up for a program that was a three month program. And by the end of it, like I said, I was booked out hitting 9k months. And that's when I decided to start a TikTok, (laughs) which I was just like, oh, this is, yeah, we'll just see what happens with this. Made my first TikTok video and it blew up. And so then I had people start coming to me wanting to learn how I started my business. And so I would say by September, I had created a program. Um, I started in like August or so taking on strategy calls and kind of just starting to, to learn if I even really liked teaching and I loved it. So I built out a complete program in September and it's just been growing ever since (laughs) going strong. That is like. I was so excited to talk to you today from a selfish standpoint, because I'm like, (laughs) it's been crazy to see how like fast one your like business has grown Two, you've adapted. Cause I'm like, from an outside perspective, like I know on the inside, when we run our businesses, there's always like kinks that people don't see, but like from an outside perspective, I'm like, this is the most seamless growth I've ever witnessed. Like you grew so quickly. And I didn't realize that you started at like the beginning of, you know, the end of the world, basically. That's insane. Yeah. yeah it was really crazy. I, I was not expecting it to happen. I, I wasn't expecting growth as a VA to happen that quickly. And then I wasn't expecting growth just like as a 
you know, business owner or teacher to happen that quickly because it was late 2019. I found out about the whole like VA, OBM, the fact that you could even do that online and just start the business yourself. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I had a friend who was a virtual assistant. And I remember asking her at the end of 2019, I was like, do you think I would be able to get like a couple of clients by the time March or April came around? And she was like, yeah. (laughs) And I just was like, ah, no, I don't know. So I kept putting it off and kept putting it off. I saw other people doing it. And eventually I was just kind of like, all right, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So that's when I officially started in March, but it's really been crazy. I can't believe it's been, I mean, now it's been officially over a year. Um, but it feels like it's flown by, especially with stuff blowing up on TikTok. I mean, it really just happens so fast. And like you said, adapting is really, it's really difficult because you feel like you're just in a tornado constantly. Just yeah, (laughs) everything is spinning around you. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you next is I'm like, my business has grown like at a pretty steady rate. So there's been time to like adjust when there's like big pivots or whatever. But I'm like, if this has been a year for you, that's a lot of learning and pivoting with very little time. So what is like the learning curve been like here? Like how have you adapted to this much growth and like pivoting within such a, I like my mind is blown right now. So I'm sorry if my questions aren't even making sense. Cause I'm like a year. Um, but yeah, how have you like adjusted to like the speed of this? Mm-hmm. I would say within it's funny because whenever I was working with photographers and wedding planners, and I was working with some brand designers as well, I started to kind of specialize in a few different areas. So I was helping pretty much all of them with their Pinterest. I was helping all of them with email marketing and launching their courses. I had a lot of photography clients who wanted to launch like side hustles. So they were doing Mm -hmm. e-commerce, whether it was just like presets and digital products or whether it was classes. I had some clients who started like physical product e-commerce businesses. So I started to kind of specialize in all of the things that I use in my business now. So Mm. email marketing, launching my courses, like working in Kajabi and things like that. Everything that I was helping my clients do as a VA, then I was like, okay, well, thankfully now I know how to do these things. Like I know how to set up a course. I know how to, you know, what a launch is really supposed to look like and how to use email marketing and stuff like that. So it's funny because typically you're kind of starting a business and just really learning everything as you go. And I still am doing that, but thankfully the things that I was doing as a VA came in handy whenever I was actually having to do it within my own business. Um, but I would say the biggest thing personally to adjust to is just being in front of that many people, like, especially on TikTok, it's really, it freaks me out sometimes because I'm like, how is there that many people that are in my circle? It's, it's really Mm -hmm. a strange feeling. Yeah. So what has been like, I'm like, TikTok was huge. And that's how I found you was TikTok, I think. Um, and how has that, like, I'd love to kind of know, like what has been really pivotal in your growth here? Like, has it been TikTok? That's kind of been like your primary growth tool or how did you like, what's the key to your success to growing so fast? Cause that is so like, not to beat a dead horse, but I'm like, that's so unheard of to grow so quickly, so exponentially. Like what was kind of key to that? Mm-hmm. I first I want to say I saw your viral moment on TikTok. <laughs> My gosh, I don't know how people like do that for a living because that was a lot. <laughs> I know it's like overnight you like 
you yeah. post something you're like oh yeah this is funny and then you wake up to a million views and you're like Oh, oh no. <laughs> I literally posted that. Cause I was like, that really is just like how it happened. I put no thought into it. Like I was like, Oh, this would just be funny. And then I posted it for like shits and giggles. Cause I don't really use, I wasn't really using TikTok that seriously. And like, I woke up the next morning and my roommate was like, you need to check your phone like right now. And then it just, yeah, it was really wild. So I don't really know how people deal with that all the time. It was like an adventure for sure. It is. It's a really, it's such a different platform. I, I think it's, we're all on TikTok in some capacity now, but it is really a lot different than Instagram, like especially mm-hmm. if you're used to running your business on Instagram and then you try to start venturing into different platforms. It's weird because they're all so different in their own ways. Um, it's whenever I, whenever I became booked out and I had ended my program and everything, I knew that I wanted to keep growing my business. And ideally I, I had in my head that I wanted to eventually go into teaching other people how to do what I did, because Mm -hmm. whenever I first started last year, working with wedding photographers, weirdly, I don't feel like there were that many VAs or social media managers or Pinterest managers that were really marketing themselves to that, that industry. And now it's funny because there's so many doing it, but a year ago, I don't feel like it was that way at all. So I was the only person in the program that I did that was working with wedding creatives. So I was kind of able to take it from an angle of like, okay, working with creatives is a lot different than working with coaches or real estate Mm -hmm. agents or being an assistant to other people. The, The wedding industry is huge and there's a lot of things in the wedding industry that are really specific to it. So for me, I felt like I had kind of carved out a little corner for myself in this world and had learned a lot about it. So I was like, okay, I don't really see any coaches or teachers marketing themselves towards young entrepreneurs who want to work in a creative capacity rather than just work, you know, with any business owner. Mm -hmm. So that's, I had in my head that I wanted to do that. And so I knew that I wanted to, you know, I had wanted to work further with my coach back at that time, Erin. So eventually we started one-on-one coaching, which really helped me. It was nice to have someone to, you know, help guide me throughout that whole growth process, but it was definitely so much of TikTok because I typically, you know, whenever you're kind of transitioning into being a coach or just pivoting your business in general, you know, you, you, it's a big learning curve and you, Mm -hmm. it takes time to establish yourself as an authority in whatever way you've pivoted. So for me, in my head, I was like, oh boy, this is going to take a long time for me to build out a program and find people. And I, at that time, being a virtual assistant really wasn't that common. Mm -hmm. Not like it is today at all. Oh yeah. I'm like speaking from someone who has to hire them. Like it wasn't easy to find them a long time ago for sure. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be really hard for me to find people who even, you know, understand what this is. So in my head, I was like, I don't want to follow a traditional launch strategy where you, you know, have this build up and then you, you know, it's like, you only have a couple of people and then maybe you can create a bigger program. And it's just like always launching mm-hmm. that in my head was like, I do not want to do that. Like I felt like business could be easier in a sense than that, than this like huge drawn out launch plan. Obviously it's important to have specific marketing strategies in place, but it just kind of felt like it was a constant trying to get people to want to work Mm -hmm. with you. So I was like, well, let me go to this other platform 
and see what happens. I hadn't really seen that many business owners on TikTok and there, there is like a whole business world on TikTok, but most of us just use it for fun. So I took, took it to there, made my first video. It took me like three hours to make that first video. And I was like, dear Lord, I'm not going to have time to do this. If every video is going to take me like three hours. Um, but it ended up, it started blowing up. And from there, that's when the real learning curve happened because I was like, what do I do with all of these people? Like now I have hundreds of people DMing me wanting my help and I have nothing in place to help these people. So that's when I started creating like my PDF guide. And then me and Aaron launched the masterclass um, and I launched my own 10 week program, but the masterclass is what we created really to help as many people as possible, because there's no way as one person that I could take on, you know, hundreds of people at Mm -hmm. once to teach them one-on-one, the quality wouldn't be there at all. Mm -hmm. But TikTok is like the best marketing platform out there (laughs) for now, at least. Yeah. It's insane. And I actually was talking about this on another podcast episode recently that I, I decided I was like, why not? Let's just try it for a second and like, see how it goes. And I like half-assed two videos about like artificial light. Cause I was just like, we'll see, like, I've seen people blow up on it. Um, they took me like 10 minutes to make and they like didn't even blow up. They got like 5,000 views, which is like essentially nothing, but I got like hundreds of email list signups, like way more than I got from paying like $300 on Facebook ads. And I was like, this is the wildest thing. So as someone who does not know that much about TikTok, what would you say has helped you the most on that platform? Cause it is like a weird platform where I don't feel like there's a ton of like obvious rules or like tips on like, what are you supposed to, I'm like, are these videos supposed to be filmed on like some 4k camera? I feel like I see some people's TikToks and I'm like, no, like I can't do that. That sounds like a full-time job. So cinematic. Yes. I'm like, no, 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 I don't have the time. So what's kind of been like your experience on it? Like, what do you feel like has been super helpful with that platform? It's funny because yeah, it's, there's kind of like an etiquette on every single social media, whether Mm -hmm. it's Facebook or not really Pinterest as much because it's pretty hands-off, but especially Instagram, there's a general etiquette as to how things go. And on TikTok, it does not exist. (laughs) Oh yeah. I learned that fast. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, there's no rules here. It's like the wild, wild west a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. So it's interesting because if you're going to use it to market your business, you have to be able to walk the line of being personally attacked constantly and trying to market your business because with TikTok, it's, it makes us feel like we know people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for instance, there's this girl that I have been watching for the last few months. She started her TikTok like four or five months ago and grew it from zero to a million followers in four to five months by posting like 20 to 30 gosh just like of her life. It's like vlogging your life. But because of that, because it's such a like stripped down app, people feel like everything is very personal. Like, oh, you're making a video about how I could become a virtual assistant. Like you, you must be scamming. There must be some ulterior motive to this. So people are really, really apprehensive on the app is what I've found. So it's a bit different because as a business owner, well, I love the name of your podcast because I feel like personal (laughs) life and business intersect so much Mm -hmm. that as a business owner, you're expected to be very like super professional in every single response and, you know, have to have to hold yourself a certain way. And you can say these things, but you can't say these things. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting to navigate that on with having such a, a big platform because 
it's really nerve wracking. Like it's, it's scary because it is such, such a, an unfiltered um, app, I guess you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've found that helps the most is just being super honest and being relatable. Like that is all people care about on TikTok really is if they can relate to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's similar to Pinterest in the sense that people are there looking to connect, to buy, to find new things. Like that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people are using TikTok for. So there is a really untapped audience for business owners because it's a new way that we communicate. It's how we find stuff. Like I can't count how many things that I've bought, you know, oh, spur of the moment. So much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And I think TikTok is really good with the way they have some things set up because it encourages you to act fast. For instance, the way that you can save videos, you can't categorize them. You can't say, okay, I'm putting these here for skincare. These are like fashion things that I want to buy. This is business. You just can like videos and then they're all in your liked, you know, Mm -hmm. liked videos. So because of that, it's hard for you to go back to something that you found. So you have to act in the moment, whether it's following that person or buying the product or looking at their website, going over to their Instagram, you find some way to tether yourself to this person so that you don't forget about this cool thing that you just found. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice in that sense, because it's leveled the playing field for virality more so than any other app. You can't go viral on Instagram. I mean, you can, you see the occasional yeah. post here and there. It's so different viral. than it used to be though. Yeah. It's there's like, it's like practically impossible to go viral on Instagram. I feel like unless mm-hmm. you were already, ha- you already had an audience in some mm-hmm. capacity. Um, same thing with YouTube. You have to spend mm-hmm. so much, so much time and effort growing it to just get it to anywhere substantial. Whereas on TikTok, if you put the effort in, if you show up consistently, if you're putting the volume out, if you're following trends, if you're just kind of being intuitive with the app and what your audience is responding to, then you can grow so fast on there, faster than any other platform for sure. Yeah. That's what I've noticed is I was like, well, this is the speed of it is really, really wild, which I like what you said about how, like, it does prompt you to buy fast. Like I'm trying to think on all the things that I've bought, like just because I was like, well, I'm going to like this and then it's going to disappear somewhere down my likes. So like, let's just go buy it right now. Like why not? Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like in the few videos I've had that have done well, that's kind of what I've noticed is that they're very quick and they're quick to ask a lot of questions. Like they engage way differently than they do on every other social media. It's like really wild. It kind of blows my mind when I think of TikTok and like the fact that we all sold out like ricotta cheese or whatever it was out of like every store. <laughs> oh, yeah. Feta. <laughs> yeah. Or feta. Yeah. Because like one feta cheese, like recipe went viral. Like the power of it is just like, it's insane. Yeah. And I made that recipe. <laughs> Wait, yeah. We're so influenced by it. Yeah. I mean, like going to the store and trying to find a product and it's completely gone because, you know, everyone on TikTok is blowing it up. It's, it's a very responsive app. It's mm-hmm. very much so like in the moment, quick consumption, which is why it's also so important to be catchy. Like you have to, you would think that like an app like TikTok and something like sales psychology would be so far apart because the audience is different, but 
it's, you know, your language in the first couple seconds, like if you're talking directly to the audience and saying you versus me, like there's so many little things like that that can hook the viewer in as well. Um, And I think that I think a lot of business owners are nervous to kind of venture into that platform because it is so different. It was scary for me. I felt like I was like starting my Instagram all over again, showing Mm -hmm. up on TikTok, which it's kind of what being a business owner comes down to anyway. It's a lot of small, scary things. Like you think once you start, that's the end of end of anything scary. This just simply starting, but really it's just overcoming small fears over and over and over again, like showing up on a different platform like TikTok. But it's, I mean, it's, you have to be able to be flexible in what you use for marketing if you want to if you want to grow fast, because yeah. sometimes, like you said, ads don't cut it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes ads just don't cut it. Okay. I, wow. I'm like, yeah, all of that was so helpful. And I think, yeah, I do. I was one of those people too. That was really skeptical of TikTok, especially when it came out. I was like, this is for children. All people <laughs> do are like, all people do is dance on it. Like, why would yeah. I ever tap into that? And I feel like I was really late in the game to be like, oh wait, actually this is something worth putting my time into for sure. So I like love talking about it on the podcast. Cause I just want everyone. I'm like, if your ideal client is on there, like get on it. Cause it is so cool. And so huge. Um, okay. So what has been like your favorite part of this last year? Cause you've done a lot, like you've done a lot of different things. You've pivoted a ton. What's kind of been like your favorite part. What's been yeah, like maybe the most growth or like the funnest, like what have you just loved? I have really liked the parts of business that have allowed me to be creative because I feel like I am one of those people who wants to be creative so badly, but I'm not like, I'm not good at drawing. I can't play, you know, music. I'm not naturally gifted in those ways. So I feel like, oh no, I'm not a creative person, but I think I am just in a different way. I think I'm creative Mm -hmm. in, you know, thinking of how to grow my business and thinking of how I can like level up my business and stand out from other people. So I think being able to do that has been really fun, like with my new branding and being able to plan photo shoots and just figuring out how to scale your business is really fun once you're in it. And then on top of that, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand is with being able to teach people who were in my situation. It's so cool for me to see their transformation because so many of them are starting out in the same spot that I was where it's like, okay, I want to do this thing. I'm really, really nervous. And you can't see the, the end goal in that time. You can only see the fear that's right in front of you. You can't see, okay, in three months, I could be booked out with clients. That's how fast the online space moves. So for the people who do my 10 week program, seeing them from the beginning, being super nervous and, you know, scared to start their business, scared to show up on stories and really building it from the ground up and then seeing where they are at the end of, you know, end of these 10, 10 to 12 weeks is really, really cool because so many of them are now figuring out how to scale their business, whether that's through, you know, creating an agency or creating digital products and growing their own TikToks. Like it's really, really, I feel like we're in almost like a a business revolution right now Mm -hmm. with, with the way that business has changed since last year, I guess, really Mm -hmm. since quarantine. Yeah, no, it is so interesting to see. I feel like in the last couple of years, the online sphere has shifted so much. And then after COVID. It's just like almost unrecognizable. It's so, so different. Um, how have you kind of like taught yourself about all of that? Because it is, 
fairly new. Like I was doing online courses before quarantine happened, but quarantine is definitely what made me go like full-time education instead of relying on anything else. Um, so I like thankfully had some ground already under my feet, but like, Mm -hmm. it's a lot to learn. There is so Mm -hmm. much to learn about running an online sphere. Like what has your process kind of been like with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, I'm really lucky to have had that experience working with clients before to kind of get an idea of what that would look like for me if I scaled my business in that way. And then from there, I think it was a lot of trial and error. Like even whenever I first started teaching, I started out, I didn't, I knew it wouldn't be smart to try to completely throw myself into it. What I didn't, what I wanted to avoid was creating a program and not really having any experience with teaching people because it's really hard to put your mind back in the headspace of what questions did I have when I was first starting Mm -hmm. or what did I want to know about this? It's really hard to put yourself back in that mode. So for me, I started out small. I started with my strategy calls. um, And then I took on my first one-on-one client who is now my co-coach in my program. Um, But I took on my first one-on-one client. And then my first round of DCA Digital Creatives Academy was a lot smaller. So we started out with around like 18 to 20 people in September, and now we've grown it to around 40 people. So it's, you know, the first round I would say was really a lot of learning for me. I was, those people in that first round were getting a lot more one-on-one time with me because I was crafting a full course that I was building out. So now I'm a bit more hands-off because they have that course to go through and they're supported in other ways. So I think taking it in phases instead of trying to be like, okay, I'm just going to completely throw myself into it, build out this whole course, and then just see what happens. I think having your audience help you build things that you release is super important because then you're able to craft it around what they actually need instead of what you think that they might need. And that's always changing. I've redone my course every single time I've launched it because there's so many other things that I want to change up or add in. And because the business space grows so quickly, I mean, clubhouse wasn't a thing six months ago. Now it's like, now I have to teach you about how to utilize clubhouse for marketing Mm -hmm. yourself. So there's a lot of (laughs) continuous cycles happening. Um, But I think just being adaptable, something else that I did in, I would say I started growing my team, I think around November or so, October, November, I brought on my first VA. And then from there, I hired a co-coach and then I brought on, um, Kaylin, who is my assistant and really my basically business manager at this point. Um, and then I brought on another co-coach. And so I've kind of been building my team out over that time as well, which has helped a lot. Um, because it's scary. Like I'm sure, you know, it's really scary to outsource, even if you're like preaching about it all the time. Yeah. And then it's like the, it's like the biggest breath of fresh air once Uh it's done, but actually doing it is so terrifying. Yeah. It's so scary. And I felt like a hypocrite because I was like, all right, I was a VA telling people constantly, you know, that they, that they need help in their business. And now I'm like resisting it as long as possible, but it really, it really helps so much. There's no way that you can do everything, but we all want to do everything. And I think that's something that holds people back a lot is keeping themselves where they are. Like usually we don't want to be doing everything, but we're also comfortable doing everything. Mm -hmm. So we make ourselves stay in our comfort zone and that prevents us from being able to scale to the next level. And 
be, you know, really a CEO. A CEO is not running around doing everything in their business. Other people are. So it's, you know, I think it's important to realize that growing and having a team is so important to any business growth. Oh, I love that. And I feel like I can talk about that all day long because it's, it's just like, you're not supposed to be everything. Like you're just not like there's so many parts of running a business that are supposed to have experts in them. Like you don't have to be a photographer and a marketing expert and an accountant. And like, like there's so many things in your business and you don't have to do them all. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to hear your outsourcing. Cause I love, I love outsourcing. It's just <laughs> your favorite the thing. best feeling. Oh my gosh. That's like my year this year is like my big goals. I was like, I'm going to outsource like everything I possibly can that I don't have to have my hands in. Um, cause then you can become a better human, which is what I wanted to ask you next is like with such a rapid growth and building a team and building courses and things like that. And I know you mentioned too, like going viral on TikTok it affects your personal life, like quite a mm-hmm. bit. Like, I'm like, my personal life was affected by that one video. I'm like, yeah. so I can't even imagine doing it all the time. How have your business and personal life kind of like interwoven with each other? And how have you made sure to kind of have a personal life outside of all of this growth and hard work? Yeah, it's definitely, which I know is a vague question. Yeah. It's a big question. It is. And it's funny because I think that so many of us try to make it seem like we have it together so much more than we actually do. I see all these like time management things on Instagram and I'm like, I know, I know what you're doing. I know that you're working till 12 AM too. Um, It's, you know, I think it's always a work in progress. I have I've also never really had a huge circle of like friends. I've always had like a very, very small group of friends. And then, you know, as far as my family goes, I'm mostly close with my dad. So that's who I see the most often in my family. So I keep that circle small so that I'm not trying to constantly spread myself too thin because even with, you know, what it's like right now, even then sometimes I'm like, how am I going to keep up with everything? And it's, interesting because especially if you're more introverted, I wouldn't say that I'm introverted. I would say that I'm pretty outgoing, but I get really exhausted in a lot of social settings if it's not like a super close, you know, group of friends or something like that. So with showing up online and talking to people on TikTok and like trying to be in my comments and trying to help people and trying to be in my DMs, I constantly feel like I'm socializing, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is weird because I wasn't used to that before. You know, I, I worked in an office job, but it was not, not so much of my own emotional energy that was being output. So now it's kind of like, I feel like I've been just like, hanging out with people all day. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I haven't, that's just only people on the internet. Um, so for me, it's, I've tried to be intuitive with it. What I found that I was doing whenever I left the corporate world was I was trying to still set that type of schedule in my own business. I was like, Oh, I should work from nine to five. I shouldn't work on the weekends. And then eventually I was like, why is, does that matter at all? That, that's what I'm trying to get away from. So now sometimes I work on the weekends. Sometimes I don't start work until 12. And then I, you know, work later in the evening because that's what works for me. I don't try to force myself to start work at a certain time or end at a certain time. I try to focus on how I feel instead, which has helped me a lot to kind of actually feel like I'm being more productive. And then I also just 
well, outsourcing helped me a lot with that. And then I try to remember that my business is not going to go up in flames if I, you know, leave it for a little bit. I, in December, I was going through a really rough time and I didn't post on Instagram for like a month and three, three weeks, maybe like I was barely showing up and I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to forget about me. Like no one, no one is going to remember that I exist. I'm going to come back and people are going to be like, what are you doing? I came back and everything was completely normal. No one had even yeah. noticed that I left, but in my head, we're all so self-absorbed. We're like, oh, everybody's going to forget that I exist, yeah. but it's okay to leave it. Like it really is. I've, you know, I've seen people take breaks for, for months at a time and then come back to it. Sometimes it's what you have to do, but having a team definitely helps because had I had someone at that time, you know, managing content and stuff like that people wouldn't have really even noticed that much if I had stepped, taken a step back, but it's, it's about having those systems in place. Really. I love that. And I think too, yeah, we get so hyper-focused on these marketing tactics. I feel like, especially where we're like, if we don't do this every single day, everything's over. I know I've gotten sucked into that so many times and then done the same where I'm like, F it. Like, I'm just going to take a step away for a while. And then, yeah, I come back and everyone's like, oh, we didn't even notice you were gone. And I'm like, of course you didn't. You're scrolling like all day. There's no way you would notice. It's one of my hundreds of different people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, everyone's ingesting content all day, every day. And Mm -hmm. if they don't see yours for a second, they're probably not going to notice. And you're going to be totally fine. (laughs) They'll be fine. Is amazing because then you can actually take care of yourself, which is what I was going to ask you. Like, how have you like taken care of yourself during your business? Because I'm like, especially starting a business during quarantine, that's like something I've asked a lot of creatives here on the podcast is I'm like, we were going through it. Everyone as a collective whole has been going through it the last year. And so running a business during the pandemic, I also was like the same going through a hard time. I was like going through a divorce. Like it was just a lot. So like I had to take a step back and like take care of myself. Um, how have you made sure to do that? And like, how, what have you done to take care of yourself during all of this? Yeah. I've, I noticed something that I used to do whenever I worked at an office job was I would get so hung up in my responsibility, like having to wake up at a certain time in the morning or, you know, whatever it was, I was always like, oh, I can't do this. I can't hang out with you. I can't go on this trip because I have to plan for this thing that's happening. Like I would get Mm -hmm. really, really anal about what would be happening in the future. So I would say no to myself and to other people a lot when I could have been enjoying myself more. So I've now try to say yes to myself more often, like with just simply going and like going on a, you know, to Florida for a couple of days or on a night where I maybe wouldn't have hung out before, you know, watching a movie with a friend instead of being like, oh, I have to, I have to do this thing and it can't wait until tomorrow. Like it's, there's always going to be something else to do. I realized mm-hmm. that your to-do list never stops. As oh, yeah, it's endless. Owner. It's something sick. else just pops up yeah. right after. Mm-hmm. It's just like constant quicksand. So for me, it's just learning that the to-do list will never end. So I can say yes to myself in smaller things like hanging out with friends or the things that actually, you know, bring me personally joy. Um, and then on the other hand, like I also think that something we often do is kind of like we there's this whole debate over like hustle culture, right? Whether that's, Mm -hmm. whether it's good, whether it's bad. And I feel like sometimes whenever business owners are like, yeah, I work all the time. People are like, you can't do that. You have to stop doing that. 
but sometimes like sometimes your business really is your hobby. Like mm-hmm. if you love your business so much, sometimes it doesn't feel like work. A lot of the stuff that I do is fun for me, like doing email marketing and, you know, growing platforms and seeing what works and what doesn't work, like helping people, creating courses. Those things are all really fun for me. So it doesn't feel as much like I'm working. So I think sometimes we kind of like shove it down people's throat that they have to like have this this routine where they're taking all of this time away from business. But for some people, they love being in their business, you know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's, I go through phases of like rest and hustle. I kind of call yeah. it. And yeah. I'm like, during my hustle periods, though, I'm like, I'm having so much fun. Like, I'm like, yeah. I want to work or like when I take vacations, I'm always like by day five, I'm like, I want to be working like, and not because I feel like I have to, I'm like, but it's fun. Like I Mm -hmm. miss it. Like I want to go back to it. Yeah. It's like my dad, my dad is always like doing something. He's always, I mean, he just ran like an ultra marathon. He's 68 years old. So he is just like always doing something. He's been retired, but he will do like random jobs here and there because he's like, I'm just so bored. Like, what am I going to do? Sit here all day. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be working. I want to be doing stuff, you know? And so yeah, I think we're like in our heads, we're kind of like, oh, it would be so nice to never have to work and just like be by the beach all the time, which like, sure, yeah, maybe for a little bit. But I think that I I mean we really do we are made to work in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I think a lot of us would go out of our minds if we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we had when too I, much time. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a testament to to like making your work something you love and like mm-hmm. to make an intentional effort to make your job fun. Cause I'm like, yeah, when I worked a corporate job for a solar company, I did not want to be there. Like that was miserable. Like I did not want to be there over the beach, but I'm like, I like being at my job more than the beach sometimes. Cause like, I just love it. And so I feel like that's such a mode like hopefully a motivation for people that like, you don't have to hate your job. It can be yeah. really fun. Like it can literally be your hobby. Yeah. It's, it's very daunting whenever, like before, whenever I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, it was, I remember just being like, Oh God, like I'm just going to have to be in like some job that I hate forever. Because I was like, the only way you can work online is to be a YouTuber or to like stumble across some random remote job. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, it's, it's really weird. All of the opportunities that are there. And it's, hard. It's obviously really, really difficult. It's a ton of work that goes into it. At the same time, it's very accessible now to start a Mm -hmm. business online, like even more so than 2019, beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. This past year has changed it so much. And there's, the business is only growing. People ask me all the time if I think that it's, if the market is saturated and I, I don't know if the online business space will ever be oversaturated because I think that that's where business in general is going even like a lot of bigger corporations I think they're going to start leaning more into that because they're realizing that's what people want like it's either you 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 make it work for them or they're going to go start their own business online Mm -hmm. no it's true Um, and it's like that's the thing too is it's like yes markets might be saturated but so is like the clientele like there's a ton of clientele like it doesn't matter that there's a ton of people doing this work there's a ton of people who need it and like there's no reason. I'm like, if you do it really well and you create your own mm-hmm. thing, like there's no reason for people not to hire you. Um, 
So what's up next for you? Like what's on the docket for Jess? Like what's upcoming? What can people expect to see from you soon? Like, what are you excited about? <laughs> oh, there's a lot. I feel like I'm always, I'm guilty of always looking towards the next thing. You know, it's hard to, hard to me. be satisfied with where you're at, which is, I think that's what I need to work on more than anything is, is being happy with where I'm at. But um, I have some exciting photo shoots coming up, which will be nice because I feel like that's, yeah, we're going to do a photo shoot in uh, New York in June with some video, which wait, I think you're doing it with the same people I am. When are you in New York doing it? June 14th. I'm doing it the 12th. So you'll probably be here. Yeah. Oh Oh my my gosh. gosh. We have to, we have to meet up. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. When are you getting there? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to figure it out because there's like, I'm also going to New York at the end of May with Aaron, Mm -hmm. who does the master classes with me. We're going to do a separate photo shoot for the digital millennials brand. So there's just like the next couple months are going to be crazy. Really want to start a podcast. Just haven't done it yet. My first guest. (laughs) Yes, please. Oh my gosh. But you should come to New York at least by the 11th. Cause I think we're all going to go out and like get drinks and stuff before my shoe on the 12th. Oh so it'd be so fun That'll if you were fun. there too. How long are you staying? I am actually there for a wedding. Um, I get there like June 2nd, 3rd, I get there June 3rd. I'm there till the 13th. So I'm there for oh like 10 days. Yeah. It's a big one. So I'm like anyone listening, I'm there in June for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, you need to you need to have a meetup. <laughs> I know. I'm like, geez, it's gonna be a long time. Wait, that's so exciting though. Okay, so like big things on the docket. I love that. Yeah, we'll be out. That is so funny. That's like, yeah, total like worlds colliding moment. Yeah, I'm like, that's so kismet at the same time. <laughs> um, okay, and then how I wrap up all of the interviews is I always ask, always like asking what the best piece of advice is that you've ever been given. Just in general, doesn't have to be related to work. It can be, but like whatever first mm-hmm. comes to mind. I think this is something that Erin says all the time. And she used to say this to me whenever she was my coach, but she would say that no one who's doing better than you is going to judge you. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I was so worried about whenever I first started was what my family would think, what my friends would think, what, you know, how, how other people would perceive me. And uh, finally coming to the realization that it's not my responsibility to regulate that, how other, how other people receive, perceive me helped me so much in just my general confidence, like as an individual, as a business owner, because now it's like, I'm going to just try to do everything in my business with integrity and whatever other people think is up to them. But I think that for new business owners who are starting out, that is so, so important to remember because we're constantly hung up on what other people think rather than what the people who are doing what we want to be doing would think of us. So Mm -hmm. look towards those people, not, not back at other people. (laughs) I love that. And also I'm like, no one's ever thinking of us. That's what I've learned as I get older. I'm like, everyone's just thinking of themselves. Yeah. Just like you're people thinking care way less than you think. Yeah, I'm like, they care so little. It's like, and I'm like, people always told me that when I was younger, and I was like, no way. And as I get older, I'm like, yeah, no, no one thinks about anything but yeah. themselves. So, so I love we all, that. we're all preoccupied with other things. Truly. Um, <laughs> like okay, photo so shoots us- in New York. <laughs> yes, seriously, though. Um, tell us where we can all find you on the online spheres. Like, what are your handles? We'll link them in the show notes, but just so that they know where to find you. Yes, you can find me. My website is www.itsjessicahawks.com. My Instagram handle is itsjessicahawks and same with every other we love that. you could ever find me on. We much. love a consistent <laughs> brand. I'm like, I love just everything being my name. It's so easy. I know. Well, you, yeah, you have a, you have a good unique name. So you, I figure you probably could 
grab that handle quickly. Yeah. Thankfully that handle was not taken. So that was super nice, but Jessica, thank you so, so much for being on the show. It was so great to have you on. Thank you for having me. This was super exciting. My second podcast. (laughs) Oh, I'm so honored. And yeah, I'm like everyone listening, go follow Jessica. I love like ingesting your content as a whole. So I'm super excited for everyone to learn from you so thank you so much for being on yes thank you for having me and thank (laughs) you guys for listening we'll see you next time Mm